Welcome to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese. Back with me once again are Matthew Page, Brian, the Soul Man Solak, and the Soul Cal Seahawk himself, Rob English, makes a guest appearance. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. What's going on? How are you, Abe? Uh, doing good, doing good. Boy, deja vu. I feel like uh, we just had this feel like we feel like we were just here. I don't know. <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, but I mean, I would have to feel better after a three and zero record by the Seahawks. Uh, don't you guys feel like uh, it's better than being, uh, say, the Cowboys? It's it's it, it feels good to be three and zero, but at the same time, it it it, it doesn't feel comfortable. I don't know how to oh, explain. So. Oh, okay. it's fine. It doesn't feel comfortable after seeing our injury report. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The walking wounded. That, that's that's our injury report right now. Well, l- luckily it's happening to the rest of the league as well. So you know, I think the the playing field is more or less even. I think on the, when it comes to injuries. Yeah. yeah. Are we seeing Are we seeing the effects of no pro no preseason? Are we, is yeah, that what's happening? That. I was just about to say that. Ah, I think I that's you. exactly what this is. All these injuries, I think would have happened in preseason and teams would have adjusted but right now there's no there's no adjustment you have what three more games four more games until the uh trading deadline so it's kind of who you have is who you have unless something miraculous happens well i mean when when we when players have more time to stretch out uh, i mean when when wouldn't there be sure. significantly less i mean not you know you're saying that that these injuries would have happened in preseason maybe there necessarily wouldn't be as high a number of injuries because it's like every single, you know, big name last week and this week all went down across the league. It was crazy. I mean, maybe we need preseason. I know. I know. I know we're talking about, sorry to interrupt. I know we're talking about football, but the same goes for MLB this year. I mean, the injuries are higher, higher more than, you know, normal. I mean, what about them? Should they have had preseason games, even though they started in the end of July? I mean, I mean, they I, did. I, Wait a minute, Solek. They did have a preseason. It was just five months before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Back it's more has to do with not necessarily a preseason, but it's taking taking these athletes out of their routine, their normal planned routine, where they're gonna, they're, you know, they're able to ratchet it up slowly, get comfortable, get get loose, and and work their way up to their normal level, and they're not having that time. Fair enough. How much of this, though, is just in our minds and a recency bias? Doesn't it seem like every year we ask, like, are there more ACL injuries than usual? Are there more migraines than usual? Are there more hangnails than usual this year? I feel like we have this conversation every year around this time. Well, one of those years we had more Percy Harvins than usual. (laughs) (laughs) I would, many might say, say if you're a Golden Tate that one Percy Harvin's too many. One 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 too many. <laughs> we had too many too many Percy Harvins on our on our on our roster. Uh, we might have had too many Golden Tates on our roster too. Uh, just ask uh, Russell Wilson's ex-wife. But anyway, the oh uh, <laughs> you know, oh wow. Mm. Mm. we should have held we should we should have held uh, bets on who's going to say the first inflammatory thing uh that was not oh i would have put money on you don't worry yeah me too <laughs> rob english the soul cal seahawk welcome back again uh to our show it's great to have you here when you had a chance to watch this game because i know you like to poke like the prod 
the opposing team's fans, especially especially on Facebook. I see you with some of your friends. Um, how extra special is it to defeat the Cowboys? It is always extra special to beat the Cowboys. Not not quite as special as beating the 49ers, but but uh, but it but it's very special to beat the Cowboys because as as most people know, um, the Cowboy fan is just <laughs> utterly ridiculous. You know they they always they have this they have this this uh, this mentality that every year that, that you know they're probably going to be the team that's going to you know that's going to you know win the Super Bowl and win twelve games and and it never happens it never happens but but there's this. Uh, um entitlement uh you know syndrome in the dallas cowboy fans so seeing the cowboys lose is never a bad day for me i I like how you classified them like like they were their own entity like they're a species of of people or something you know (laughs) the cowboys oh they they have to be this way (laughs) the cowboy fan they are a people I don't know what, what, what fan base is there. What fan base is there that's so utterly preposterous as the Dallas Cowboy fan base, a fan base who has won one playoff game in 25 years? I mean, okay, they won some Super Bowls back in the mid-90s, but mm-hmm. there's a whole generation of people that have grown up mm-hmm. and I, I, never I could... seen them – do I, I could throw the soul man under the bus. Go ahead. I was going to say Red Sox fans. Wow. Well, Red Sox fans have won four World Series. What are you talking about? That's true. Yeah. Recently, they, recently they have put up, you know. I mean, it makes sense. But Okay, Matt, this... if you're going to throw people under the bus, you gotta have some. <laughs> you got to have some ammo in that gun, sir. You can't well, just go throwing. <laughs> they're throw talking trash and, and, you know, I mean, come on. Are they really Seattle, that good? What are they Seattle, finished last this year? No. Oh, no, one did. One did. Hang on, hang on. Anyway. Uh, this will not stand. Red Sox fans were a bunch of miserable uh, pricks. Sorry. Yeah. And then, oh. Um, and, they, <laughs> and then they. Yeah, they were miserable yeah. for so long, and then they became Yankee fan equivalents. Cowboys. Oh. Yo, they're the worst than the Yankee fans. Yeah, but no, Cowboys fans. <laughs> Cowboys fans have have all this like pomp and circumstance around them and they haven't done anything they're they're notre dame fans is what they are they haven't done anything of relevance like i said one playoff win with dak prescott over the seahawks a couple of years ago and that's it who did they have quincy carter no playoff wins who did they have tony romo he fumbled the ball at the one yard line against the seahawks this well, guy these guys are nobody. That's They're that's nothing. the thing that's the thing they, they didn't acknowledge what they had they you know tony romo Say what you want about him, about his playoff troubles and the bad luck and everything, but he was a, a very good quarterback for them for a very long time. But if you ask any quarterback, Cowboy fans, they absolutely hate him, and I'll never understand that. Because, because as a quarterback, you know, winning games in the in the regular season, I think is just is just not enough. If you don't, if, as the quarterback, if you don't get your team over the hump, I think quarterbacks and coaches, if you don't achieve, I, I mean, if you are at least a a playoff game winning quarterback you're mm-hmm. never doing enough and same with coaches i mean look at look at um marvin lewis in cincinnati they finally had to let him go and he was winning 10 games you know yeah, he, was. <laughs> he was winning 10 <laughs> games and going to the playoffs but they was losing when he got there him and, so, and andy dalton yeah you're right yeah right 
You know, even uh, back before um, in Chicago, Lovey Smith, they were winning 10 games a season, but they had to let him go because they couldn't get him over the hump. That's a fair point. Yeah. Well, what is it? Let me get back to my original question, though. What is it with these Cowboys fans? For example, <laughs> I, the Ravens have won two Super Bowls in the last 20 years, right? Mm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But I know some Ravens fans, and they're not in my face every year about how great their team was when Roger Staubach, you know, in 1972, ran the wishbone. I just, who cares? You know, it's like, <laughs> what? what why are Cowboys fans telling me about these great days of Michael Irvin and, and Troy Aikman and how it's as if it's relevant right now today? I don't get their fan base. They do. I agree with you, English. They they sound like a completely uh, just different, like they're from Mars or something. Right. Yeah. I like, it's, I like the Notre Dame comparison. I think that's a good one. Oh, they are like it's, it, it's, it's something about Texas. It must be something about Texas, right? They, uh-huh. they you know, Everything's bigger in Texas, including the Eagles, apparently. Because yeah, this 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 team has has really done nothing, and they don't really have anything to hang their hat on that isn't you know twenty some odd years old. Yet they're uh, you know it, it's one day they were they were somehow coined America's team at one point, and they just was, held on to that and never let it go. Some effective branding. They're not America's right. team. <laughs> they are not. I resist that. I still. You know, as an as an NFL owner myself, I I have to say that the team that I own part of is is in fact America's team because they are joined owned jointly um, by Americans. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Seattle's team. <laughs> anybody anybody else worried about this defense? Because it kind of looks bad, like really really bad. Well, I'll, I guess I'll go first because I spoke <laughs> spoke first, but I was just gonna say. We only saw all like our entire all four starters in the in the in the backfield in the secondary on the first game, and they looked amazing the first game. We were missing someone in the second game. We're missing someone in the third game, and 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 you know our filler players and our depth is kind of suspect. I admit. If we get everyone healthy and everyone back on there, I I think that'll improve things remarkably. Well, I'll um, I'll try. Go ahead. I was going to say that I, I, you know, I am not terribly worried about the defense. Um, and I say that because right now we're scoring 37 points a game. Uh, I said in my podcast um, that, you know, I, we have, Seattle, the Seattle offense hasn't taken their foot off the gas since, since, the, since the kickoff in week one. And, and we're going up by double digits on these teams at some point in the game uh, uh, every week so far. Um, so we're, we're making these teams and we're stopping the run. So we're making these teams one dimensional. They have to they have to go back and, 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 and put the ball in the air. And, and, that, and I think that's just going to skew the numbers. I mean, if, if you're going to worry about the defense, if we were giving up rushing yards, then I'd be a lot, a lot more concerned. And I know that we're we're still winning games kind of close. We were hoping to get away from that, you know, but they're close in the other way. We're not we're not trying to go down to score the winning score. Now, now we're holding holding on from them you know, scoring the winning score, which is, I think, a little bit better. But um, I think the numbers are just skewed because, you know, we are, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going up double digits at, at, during this game and, and teams are going one dimensional. And, you know, the second and we don't have a deep, we don't have a pass, a good pass rush. And, and, that, and that's the other problem. But if we're having to hold on in the, the secondary is holding on for, for dear life, you know, in the in the, you know, halfway through the third and the fourth quarter, just holding on to the lead. I think we can get through it like this. I, I totally agree. 
I totally agree with that. I was just going to say I, I'm I'm not concerned as well. I mean, as long as our offense continues to roll, th- there's no worries. I mean, you mentioned earlier no, no preseason games. I mean, the defense is, you know, still working together, you know, trying to gel as one. And, I mean, I think once our, especially our secondary comes back from injuries, I think, I mean, and Wilson continues to play as well as he has, we're going to, I mean, steamroll through, through most of the division and, I said in preseason or back in the spring, I said we'd go 11 and five this year, and I'll I'll stand by that. I mean, I think we're gonna lose some you know conference games, but our our defense is gonna get better. I mean, I have no doubt about that. Do you guys uh, just sit around in a field together, talking to Papa Smurf and dancing with unicorns? How'd singing, you know? <laughs> singing tutti frutti because I don't what I don't know what you guys are talking about. Where do you think? I'm 100 percent honest here. Not about the sitting in the field, although maybe you guys do that. I don't know. That's <laughs> you. I don't judge. But no, where do you think where do you think these injuries are going to start not happening? I mean, well, injuries. This team is never going to get back to full strength. That doesn't happen to any football team ever, you know. And we have to deal with what we have. You know, Marquise Blair is gone. He's uh, we're doing Ugo Amadi now. You know, um, there the Jamal Adams gone for two weeks. So we yeah. got to power through this somehow. And like English said, there's no pass rush. They didn't address this in the off season, at least to my satisfaction. I don't know where coming back to full strength and I'm doing air quotes, which is really bad on a podcast doing air quotes. Nobody <laughs> can see that. But um, <laughs> the, I don't know where, I don't know where we think that uh, we're going to get back to a point where there's 100% full strength on defense. Because one, injuries happen in football, and two, we have no pass rush. It's not like that's a, well, Bruce Irvin's injured and he's not coming back. So they're, they're I'm frustrated with you three right now, <laughs> and I need <laughs> well, someone to answer me I, as to what where where do you, where do you think it's going to all come back together? I don't see it. Well, I want to I want to bring up one other point that that also that that mollified me in terms of my fears a bit. Um, is that the uh, the post game interviews and stuff? The, the the veterans for this defense were pissed. They were not they were not happy and celebrating. Oh yeah, we came down. I mean, they were happy for our practice squad cornerback that we had never heard of coming up with it. Ryan Neal coming up with the interception, obviously, and winning the game. They're happy for that. But they were pissed at their performance. They were not happy. This was not acceptable, and they were saying it, and they were they were focused on on improving immediately, and and so they know that they that they have problems. They know that they're going to work, and they're going to work hard at it. And they 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 have a history of performing at a high high level, and they want to be at that high level, and that's going to be good motivation. As far as the injuries. Barring, I mean, as far as Blair and and uh, and um, um, Irvin, Irvin, Irvin. Uh, going, are uh, those are the uh, those are the two only significant ones. Other guys are banged up, but they'll be back. You know, I understand your point about no no team ever gets health, fully healthy again, but that happens to all teams. We've been fortunate outside of Blair and and Irvin that everyone's you know small. Like Adams could have been more serious than it was. Uh, Carson's could have been a lot more serious and it, and it wasn't, um, you know, we've got dinged up people left and right, but that happens. And we've been, we've been lucky. Blair, I think is really the real blow. Um, 
I still say we should go and sign a defensive uh, rusher. Yeah, we do. The pass rush is is concerning, but the honest truth is, is I I, I trust these veterans and and Bobby Wagner to to lead this team, this defense back to the level that they're they should be at, and they know that what they did was not at the level that they should be at. And we got a bye week coming up too, eh? But I know injuries happen, but I think we can get healthy enough in our secondary to where. Obviously, we're never going to have a pass rush, but I think we can get some more coverage sacks. I mean, they're, they're, they're getting to the quarterback, it seems to me, more and more, but they're just not wrapping it up, you know, wrapping them, the, the quarterback up or the, the running play. They're not stuffing the running back. They're not wrapping up the tackles, but their talent's there. you got to give them a chance, dude. It's still early. I, I made a I made a, a, a an observation, and maybe you guys uh, can chime in on whether you agree, but um, I was rewatching the game, and um, I feel like I'm noticing p- people talk a lot. You know, I, I'm on the interwebs looking at you know all of the armchair quarterbacks, you know, windbagging about stuff. And, um, so and yeah. talk about we we need we need an <laughs> edge rusher. Like it's like I don't think the edge is the problem. You know, we don't need an edge rusher. I think that a lot of the problem is we don't get any pressure right up the gut. I, I watched Dak Prescott for four quarters. Um, drop back, whether it was a, a three, five, or seven-step drop, and have to immediately climb the pocket. Uh, but there was always a pocket because I, I feel like there's just no pressure coming in the middle. Um, you know, we don't have a Red Bryant anymore. You know, we, there's there's no but there's no Brandon Meebay and you know somebody in the middle who's who's pushing in the middle as well as coming off the edge and disrupting that pocket. So. Um, you know, cause I mean, he has to step forward and it'd be, everybody, somebody gets an arm on him and it slides off of his shoulder, but he gets back in the pocket and he has, he has time to find somebody in the middle of the field. Um, so I, I don't know, I don't be, think the edge is the problem so much as it is. We're not getting any push in the middle. That's supposed to be Jaron Reed. 10 sacks and theoretically and Bupkis this year. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, so he's an issue. <laughs> all right, fine. Everything, everything's going to be fine and dandy. I'm going to be talking to you guys on all the puppy dogs and, and yeah, rainbows. Yeah, right. Just nothing but rainbows and puppy dogs. And the fact that this team has given up more yards in the air than any three or no team has ever done in the history of football, whatever. Yards um, don't of, matter. Yards are irrelevant. The points. Okay. Dude. Let's talk. Let's talk about points. Then we can talk about points. I'm just, <laughs> we, we I'm, haven't, I'm just saying. That? I'm just saying, yards. I don't care if if we if we hold them to a field goal or we give them to three and out after we let up 50 yards, it doesn't matter. You right. Know? But a typical a typical championship defense holds holds other teams to fewer than 20 points per game. What do we have for the last three weeks? 25, 30, and 31. Mm-hmm. Eh, you know, high 20s isn't appropriate. That, that's not a great defense. Yes, this is not the the um, championship defense. This is not the what was it the twenty? The Rams. It, was it twenty thirteen? No, it wasn't twenty thirteen. It was twenty. Whatever our Super Bowl year was, I'm blinking on the year already. Yeah, the good one. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. This is not the twenty thirteen defense. That is true. Okay. We're not we're not as deep and and as you know well built out as we were. Okay. We're not going to be legend on that. But we've got a we've got a much better offense different style of offense we got a much better offense and we can balance it maybe we'll be the maybe we'll be the newest version of the greatest show on turf that they had in st louis you know they didn't have a great 
defense back then, but they scored so many points it didn't really matter. They got away to the, they got away to the Super Bowl with that. So, you know, it's it's not ideal, but maybe we can make it work for a season. Well, yeah, and remember Josh Gordon is still waiting to hopefully get released to play at some point, and you add him as our number three on that wideout to that wideout already talented wideout core. That that I don't, that's I, that's dangerous. That's I, I don't dangerous. know. I don't know where Rob English comes off with this greatest show on turf. You forget about their pass rush on that team that had um, Demarco Farr, the uh, guy who killed a family. Uh, Little uh, Rick, is that his name? Oh, Little. I think sounds familiar. Yeah. The defensive lineman that ran. Am I bitter about this? Yes, I'm bitter about that. They let him back <laughs> in the league that quickly, but um, the. They they had they had four really fearsome defensive linemen. It wasn't a gr- it wasn't a great defense, but I thought it was better than this this defense that I'm watching right here with the Seahawks, uh, especially with Jamal Adams for the, out for the next two weeks. I see problems, guys. I see huge problems. I mean, Fitzgerald's not a not a Patsy as a quarterback. Uh, Cousins has been sucking, but against this defense, I'll see I can see him carving this up. But if, if we go into the the bye week at four and one, I mean, we're gonna some of our other players are still gonna get healthy. I think that's a damn good record to go into the bye week. Nobody would have expected that. I mean, you got to look at some positivity here. I, I'm resisting you. I'm resisting you. Just we're being forced. We, yeah, by by the just <laughs> by the mere fact that you're forcing me to look at the positive things. Uh, all right, fine. Okay, I will. That Tristan Hill's a dirty jerk, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he I is. I think that's something we can agree on, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Has he been fined? He needs to be fined. Pretty much everyone was everyone was writing articles about how dirty that was, and his his are coach. We, are we segueing into this then right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to come up with something I can his, agree with you guys. On. His coach tried to <laughs> well, his coach tried to defend him in the in the post game conference, which you know that's the coach's job to back up his my, his guy, but. No, that was uncalled for. Absolutely uncalled for. I, it was, it was, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything uh, so egregious since uh, Miles Garrett took off what's-his-name's helmet and hit him with it. That, that, that was, that was, that was ridiculous. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, even the, even I, I get a coach in an organization supposed to back their guy, but how can you even, how can you sleep at night trying to just justify that move in any way whatsoever? That was, that was absolutely terrible. The fact that the, what I've read is, you know, the league is planning, is, it will probably find him, but won't suspend him. I think that is, is, you know, a tragedy. There's no justice there. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I, I, I hope, I hope he gets his house, his house egged on Halloween. <laughs> well yeah, said. I, I, <laughs> that's, I agree. Yeah, that was, that, that was with the intent about- to harm. Yeah. <laughs> the thing you could say about like uh, Mason, uh, what what was the Pittsburgh quarterback name? Mason, oh, uh, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah. Thank Rudolph, you, thank yeah. you. Um, the one thing you could say about that is they were, so those guys were at least trying to fight each other. You know, right. so th- this is Ugh. this is Carson on the ground, whistles ended, nobody's doing anything. Then he does. Then Tristan Hill decides to do a gator roll. That's just flat out premeditated i want to hurt this guy yeah he's he's running too hard on us i want to i want to stop him somehow i mean not that i agree with miles garrett but you could say okay well he got way too carried away but you know it was kind of in the heat of a fight but you know it's 
This was premeditated. It's dirty. I, the guy needs to miss games. I don't know why he's not being suspended. And I don't know why there's no news as to what's going on. I only, I've only heard rumors. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy review. It's an easy, you, I mean, it, it should have been Monday morning. I mean, it wouldn't have been, they didn't need to wait till Tuesday or whatever when the week was over or, 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 you know, whatever they, they it should have been immediately that next morning. Hey, here's, here's the deal. We reviewed it. He's being fined a hundred thousand dollars and he's suspended for a game or something, you know, boom. And everyone would be like, okay, fair enough. That's what should happen. And we would have moved on. So we are without Carson. They're saying through the bye week. He is in the absence of. Well, he practiced today or yesterday. Um, He was actually practicing um, out on the field. And so was uh, they had Carlos Hyde in um, in a red no contact jersey. Uh, So he and he's the backup. So right now we might go with Horner or Homer, I mean. But Carson was playing. Carson was in in a in a um in a limited um limited fashion at practice. Okay, let me change the question. Do you play Carson against the Miami Dolphins? No, no, <laughs> no. I don't think so. All right, let me change. Let me change the question. Why shouldn't we play Carson? <laughs> I gotta stop with these yes and no questions. That was that was pretty straightforward. <laughs> no, no, no. I think. I think you I think you rest Chris Carson um, because it's my belief that number one um, uh, Carlos Hyde can 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 shoulder this running game, um, especially considering that that the passing game is is doing its thing. Um, I think I think you know rather where typically you would run to pass right now we're passing to run and um, and I think Hyde with the ball in his hand has has he's I've, I've been impressed. You know, he hasn't done anything outrageous, but really neither has uh, Carson. But they both have have ran well. Um, I think Homer with getting more attempts, uh, you know, getting more snaps. I think he'll he'll have some opportunities as well to do some good things. Um, I think we have a good I think we're good enough at the position uh, to go ahead and let uh, Carson rest through the bye week, you know, uh, or whatever he needs. I'm, I'm not worried about rushing it back at all. So just for clarity's sake, week five is a buy for us, right? No, we played Minnesota. Week six. Week six is the buy. Okay, I just wanted to yep. make sure I understood that correctly. Okay, um, I couldn't remember the week. Um, yeah, they, you know, ESPN's tweeting that, um, you know, they have Travis Homer and and DJ Dallas that potentially play, and I'm I I kind of wince when I read those two names. Carlos Hyde, <laughs> I I have a high opinion of Carlos Hyde. He's he's not the flashy home run back, but he is a reliable dude who will show up. He won't be hurt. Seriously, he he will he will play. He'll be ready. He'll average between three and four yards a carry for you. He'll get the job done. He's not going to impress anyone, but he's going to be reliable, and that's something we've been missing the last couple of years. So I'm 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 happy to have him there, and I'm perfectly fine starting him. I I have a question. When will Penny be back in? Is he going to play a factor on this role on this team or what? Running back Penny. If I have any say, he'll be cut and we'll never see him play again. But anyway. So what? Is he supposed <laughs> to, does, does anybody know when he's supposed to be back? From from what I understand, he's he's just taken longer than expected to come back from that knee. Um, so I, I read. Um, I don't remember where I read it. 
Um, but he's uh, he's still, you know, in the in in the process of, you know, rehabbing his knee and, and getting ready to play. But as far as I know, as soon as he's ready to go, he'll be out there. But I guess it just, you know, it's taken him longer to get his to get his knee back in, you know, back in shape than it did for, uh, yeah, you know, Carson. Penny isn't eligible to practice until week seven. So because mm-hmm. he's on the PUP list. Um, so he'll he'll be back midseason at the earliest, really. So do we take him back if he is healthy over one of these two, you know, Dallas or Homer? Or, I mean, I know you're not a fan of him, Matt, but. Yes. Really? He's an improvement, in my opinion, at least over Dallas. He's an improvement. Oh, it's I debatable think. debatable about Homer. Yeah, I think Carson, Carson Hyde and Penny is a three-headed monster for sure. Especially if they're all, if they're all anything close to healthy. That's a monster right there. That's a committee that, that, that any defense is going gonna, is gonna to have, uh, you know, a long day dealing with, in my opinion. They all have right. their different strengths. I agree. I like yeah. that answer. Hey, but can I ask another question? That's not on I, our sheet here. Well, I didn't get to answer. I didn't get to answer uh, the penny question. I'm sorry. I didn't think you'd want to, but go ahead. <laughs> oh no, I, I was just gonna say that uh, I saw Penny and Kristen Michael at the at the arcade <laughs> okay. playing Double Dragon. So. Oh yeah. I, yeah. So, you sure it wasn't CJ Procise? Yeah, CJ Procise had next. Yeah, he had the quarter oh, okay. on the machine. See, right. <laughs> that's rehab. Yeah, <laughs> that's rehab. <laughs> His double dragon. That's what they do for rehab. <laughs> All right. So can well, I ask? Was, you, yeah, you go for it. Go for it. Just ask uh, it, man. Question for Rob: uh, What's your opinion on Ken Norton Jr.? Does he last a year? And even if we go to the Super Bowl, is he, you know, going to be our defensive coordinator next year? Personally, I think he's awful. I mean, he's good, but he's not good enough to be on, you know, our defensive coordinator. You know, I I I don't I might just be have a little bit of bias because I loved I loved Norton as a player. Um, so when when he became when he came on the staff in Seattle, I was excited about that as a linebacker coach. And then when he took over for um, um, gosh, what was his name? What was our uh, our defensive coordinator's name before Chris him? Chris Richard. Uh, Chris Richard. Thank you. Um, I was excited about it. I thought I'm like, yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna be all right. A little, you know, a little more, um, you know, focused with the, uh, um, uh, you know, with the linebackers, and then this, this, this can only be good. Well, it hasn't been all that great, but he didn't really inherit, um, you know, the best situation, you know, um, you know, so he's had to make do with what, with what he had. Um, I don't know that Chris Richard or anyone else would have done much better with the defense. You know, we had a, we had a mass exodus of players, uh, specifically on the uh, uh, defensive side, so. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily blame it all on him, but at some point or another, when, when, uh, any, when, uh, an aspect of the team, uh, whether, whatever side of the ball it is, is underperforming at some point or another, the coach is going to end up going. And I believe he probably will, uh, get the ax probably after this season. Um, but I don't believe it's all his fault. Okay. Well, I'm fair enough. Flip on this one. I'm looking at Norton changing up the defense. This is not the same defense that has been the Pete Carroll way of doing things. We have now gone to a 40% blitz ratio, and maybe that has something to do with Jamal Adams, but I'm actually seeing something different out of Ken Norton, which has just been frustrating to me. Both him and Brian Schottenheimer came into the Seahawks just completely unwilling to try something new, put square pegs into the round hole, and I kind of like that both Shotzi and Norton are trying something different. Ken Norton, of course, the son of former heavyweight champion, Ken Norton Sr., who lost to Muhammad Ali, by the way. 
trivia right there for you. Thank um, you. I, I, I have to agree with you there, at least for the Schottenheimer side. Um, he was very vanilla last year. Absolutely vanilla, very disappointing. And then this year, like immediately in game one, Oh, we're throwing we're throwing screen passes now. We're throwing middle medium slants. We're you know we're getting some different plays and we're doing some different things. I love it. You know we're actually seeing he's trying different things now. He's getting confidence when working with his you know with Russ and 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 relying more on Russ and and you know it, it, it's working out well. Um, uh, but as far as Norton goes, I agree that it's not all his fault. Um, and that we're having some struggles in some areas and you know, specifically pass rush, the primary one in my, is my concern. And we just don't have the personnel. I really, I, I think, you know, we, you, you can't, you can't really blame it on, you know, you give, you give a guy, uh, two cardboard cutouts to put on the, on the, on the defensive line when <laughs> we've been harping on defensive line on this podcast, the entire off season, and then they go and add no one, um, you're not going to have a pass rush, you know? That's not right. really surprising. Okay. You know, you know, with, with Robinson looked pretty good. Our rookie. Sorry, go ahead. What were we going to say? Oh, I was saying, you know, with Schottenheimer, the 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 um the the the, the real big difference with uh with Schottenheimer is that he's up in the box now. I think I think that's making a huge difference. You know, I mean, he's calling he's calling plays differently, but I think I think him being up in the box is is instead of being down on the field is um might might have more to do with this newfound offensive success than people might uh, give it credit for. Very good points. Hey, I got I got one more question, Abe. Um, yeah, it's about the offense. I read a stat today. Lockett been involved in 98% of the offensive plays and Metcalf's been, been involved 96% of the plays. And then our rest of our wide receiver core is like 40 and down. I mean, you know, you, so you guys know that I'm a baseball guy, but can this last an entire season relying on these two wide receivers or is, is there going to be another wide receiver to step it up? What are your thoughts on, on that? No. It can't, it can't, it can't stay like that. Like it can't stay just like this. Uh, the, the defenses are, I mean, it would be silly, right? I mean, as sooner or later, somebody's got to take, take these guys away, take one of them away at least. Um, I think defenses are going to, are going to make um, uh, whatever adjustments necessary. Um, uh, I mean, if you look at so many, how many plays that we've got over the top on these defenses, I, I think we've kind of just came out and just jumped on this and taken some teams by surprise. Um, they're gonna they're gonna start making adjustments for that, but I think when that happens, the, and you and you start taking guys out of the box and, and guys sitting back looking looking for those big plays to these receivers who are just you know killing these defenses, that's gonna open up the running game. And uh, I I think I think we're just gonna be able to just be that team that will just take whatever you give us and hit you hard with it, regardless of what it is. Okay, I like that. And, well, I think, and, you're running, I think what you're also running into is a lot more two tight end sets. So what you're looking at are guys like Greg Olson and Jacob Hollister become a de facto third third receiver. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's wrong with Will Disley right now, but the idea is that he'll get there again, maybe. Uh, and if he doesn't, then this kid from Stanford, Parkinson, Col- Colby, Col- what's his name? Colby. Colby Parkinson. Colby Parkinson, thank you. Uh, the idea is that he becomes a Luke Wilson, only much better. So I think where you're getting your third receiver is not going to be from the bench. It's going to be from that tight end position. Okay. As a, well, as a rotation for now, though. 
for for now, but I, I also want to point out um, I've actually been very impressed with Freddie Swain, uh, our our rookie wide receiver who's shown up and and been involved in some big plays and and making some appearances and getting more reps out on the field. Um, he's earning his way into the into the rotation and and obviously Russell's gaining confidence in him. Um, he'll start to take some some more catches as the season goes by. And like I mentioned, Josh Gordon earlier. Josh Gordon, I mean, we signed him. Uh, the NFL commissioner's office is apparently just not even talking to him, but he submitted to, to be reinstated. I don't know what the hangup is there. And if I'm the, if I'm the Seahawks, I'm calling the uh, league office and yelling at him and saying, give us at least a yay or nay, you know, right. Um, this, this is dumb. Just sitting here in silence for weeks on end. Um, if he has to serve a suspension, then make him serve a suspension. If he's declined and can never play again, tell him he's declined and can never play again. We need to, we need to, we need to move on that situation. But uh, I just want to, yeah, give a shout out to Freddie Swain. He's, you know, he's stepped up in a big way and I, I agree with you, uh, Abraham. Yeah. The, the tight end is being used differently than, than we're used to in the past. And, and um, I think they like Hollister as a catching tight end better than Disley. I think Disley has been used in mainly blocking situations. Cause that's, that's his strength. And that's, where, um, that's what he was in college. Yeah, and that's what he was in college. That's that's what his strength is, and he's not 100% yet, I don't think. I think that there's kind of, let's use you, since we've got Hollister and we've got Wilson still on the roster, if, I, if I'm correct. Um, you know, we're, let's use those guys to catch, and we'll mm. use Disley to block, and Olsen obviously also to catch as well. He's been lining mm-hmm. up more often than not out, out, out from the line as a wideout, pretty much. Yeah, so let's go back to this. I'm, I'm curious, for both soul man and for english what's your concerns with two wide receivers if i if i just throw this out there names like obj and landry with cleveland several years back uh uh, juju and uh antonio brown with pittsburgh what's wrong with having two two alphas at the at the receiving core i'll go real quick on that one i i like I said earlier, I mean, I'm, I'm more of a baseball guy, but I just don't see how, how you know, I mean, I know they're both talented wide receivers. They're Pro Bowl caliber, but I, I you got you got to have a third and fourth step up in football. And my, I mean, I, you're, you're, what you said about tight ends, I mean, that makes sense. Maybe we'll get, you know, some more production there, but th- these guys, we need more. There's no, it doesn't seem like there's any depth in the wide receiver field, but that's just my opinion. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see what the problem is. To be honest, I mean, how many how many teams out there have more than one, you know, uh, you know, beast at the receiver position? I mean, not many. Um, you know, so I mean, the team, some teams don't have any beasts at the receiver position. You know, um, they, they, and matter of fact, they're still calling the. You know, I listened to ESPN or NFL Network or whatever I was listening to. They're still saying that you know that the Seattle Seahawks receiving core is is you know pedestrian or or subpar or whatever <laughs> word they want to use. You know, so um, you know, I, I some teams don't even have a, a, a great receiver. I think that we have for certainly one with Tyler Lockett and potentially. Two with with uh, DK Metcalf, he at least appears to be super good, and I think we'll probably talk more about him a little bit later. But um, yeah, I, I think we have two great receivers already, and a third guy. I mean, if we had a third guy who was even able to be, I, I would want to say even half as effective as as our as our as our one and two right now. Um, I mean, I mean, how do you? I mean, that that's just like I said, that's icing on the cake. I mean, I, I think back to. 
I was talking about the greatest show on turf earlier. You had they had Tory Holt and Isaac Bruce. Those were two beasts on the field, and they had then they yeah. had uh, as who was the number three receiver? You know, uh, as a, was it Ricky Prohl? Who was the number, was the number three receiver though? Wasn't it Prohl? Number three receptions. Number three receptions on that team was Marshall Falk. Oh. And if you look, if you look at the increase in production, Chris Carson this year, he is actually the third leading receiver on the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. I'm against that to be honest. No, yeah, this is. I mean, this this team is is finally you know playing out to it to its true potential. This, this offense is playing out to its true potential right now, and it's 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 a wonder why we haven't been able to figure this out before. But um, but yeah, the way the way we're playing right now, it I don't I don't see how a defense can shut down all of our weapons at any given at any given yeah. time. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about thinking about what you said for, you know, most teams don't have two big ones. I mean, the outside of the Falcons, I can't think of another top tier duo in the league. Yeah, yeah. there's not that many. <laughs> not a true, not a true, you know, beastly duo. I mean, if you ask the, the hometown fan about their team, they'll probably talk about, you know, their receivers the way we talk about DK and Tyler. But you know, um, but I mean, I mean, what 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 gets real nat- national attention? I mean, I don't I don't know who to, I don't know who to, who has that. <laughs> so. Rob, 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 I almost heard a little bit in your voice when you mentioned Metcalf, as if you wanted to come back to him and talk about him a little bit more. Does this have anything to do with his incredibly poor catch ratio? So, for those of you who don't his know, catch- he's catching only about half of the half of the targets that come to him. And it's very low. If you rank him against all the other receivers in the NFL, it's very, very low. Like mm-hmm. 50%. Is that what you're but see, but yeah, how, how many targets is he getting, though? Is the, I guess will be my next question. I don't have that figure in front of me. We talk about say that one more time. Metcalf, how many that? targets does he have on the yeah. season right now? How many, how many t- with consideration to the amount of drops he has, uh, how how many targets is he getting? I mean, more, more the more targets, the more opportunity for drops. I guess so I'm, I'm trying to be an apologist for DK Metcalf right now. This but, is but, but, <laughs> 22 <laughs> targets for 12 receptions. Okay, 22 for 12. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Uh, he he is, you know, he's kind of like a, a boomer bust, you know, in, in that respect. You know, if he's only catching half of his balls. But um, I think was was it week one or week two um, that he caught. Well, I think he I think he missed four catches, but he caught like six, six or eight or something like that. Right. So um, um, or, or was that was that DK? I, I can't remember the numbers for sure. But yeah, his his hands have been a concern for me since last season. I, I what I noticed with him is that when he's running in a straight line, he his hands tend to be better. But when he when he's doing anything that has a hitch or a comeback to it, his hands seem to be a little a little <laughs> shaky. Um, so so hopefully, the, you know, the, he, he can uh, get that figured out. Um, but what we have to do is make sure that he's, and he will never do it again, but the whole, you know, the whole take, the whole hit, <laughs> oh, yeah, that. You know, cruising into the end that's, zone. That's I, a young, young receiver mistake. And he'll, yeah, you saw the I, replay, I, um, Russell went up either, to him and said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> he'll either get, he'll either get that or he'll be out of the league. I mean, I'm not worried too much about that. Yeah, I, I, I said, I, I said in my, in my podcast about that, I said, um, that was, that was a moment in DK Metcalf's life because if you look at this man, first of all, he's a man among men, physically speaking, and oh, yeah. and he and and he has shown 
be, you know, the, the, he's at this point proving the naysayers wrong about his ability as a, as a receiver. I think, I think he's really showing these teams that passed on him, like, oh, maybe we should have looked twice at this guy. Um, and, and I think that especially after what he did to Stefan Gilmore, um, I, I think that he's really starting to yeah. truly believe, to understand that he could be a beast in this league. And I mean, I mean, historically good. And I said in my podcast, I think the moment when he when he got that ball punched out from behind um, uh, by that uh, by Diggs, I think that was a moment where I, I, I likened it to the Matrix when when uh, when when Neo was in the subway and the the up to that point they had just been running away from the agents and at that when that point in that moment in the subway he stopped and turned around and looked them in his face and then they were back on the ship in the real world they were like what is he doing and what did Morpheus say? <laughs> He's beginning to believe. He's beginning to believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to believe. And and well, that's what I think that that was an instance right there where DK Metcalf is starting to believe that he could be the best receiver in this league. And he got a little overconfident and it bit him in the butt and it won't happen again. No, it won't. Ultimately, um, ultimately does it matter? Does it matter if he catches only fifty percent? When well, you look at when you look at like you said, Stephen Gilmore covered him, couldn't do it. When you look at uh, the, I forget the name of was it Diggs, uh, the cornerback that they tried to put on him, couldn't do it. Yeah. And what they're doing is all of these teams, all three teams have been trying to stop him, and Tyler Lockett runs open, and we know he catches every ball thrown at him. So right. fine, you want <laughs> you want to double team this guy every play as he runs, you know, runs routes down the field. All right, Tyler Lockett's open for a twelve yard pass. Right. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is he, he's he's playing his game, the game the game that he's he's built for, which is he is that vertical threat, that home run hitter, that guy who's gonna run down the sideline and the defense has to go, oh crap, we gotta cover him, and and he draws people away. You can they allows them to put Lockett and sneak him into the slot and and get him open in the middle of the field. The drops don't really concern me because he comes up big with those home runs, you know, a couple times during a game. It, he's just He's there when the defense, you know, relaxes for a second or focuses too much on Lockett. He's running down the sideline, and Russell's like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'll take a touchdown." You know, and there you go. Um, so, you know, he's he's playing he's playing to his. They're putting him in a, in positions to play to his strengths, and and uh, he is learning and expanding his game in other directions because Russell took him under his wing a fair bit last year, and he showed up ready to work, and. Um, uh, you know, I, I love everything I see from him. I, I, I really do. You know what he is. He's he's uh, Daryl Deeptreat Turner. You know, the guy oh, yeah. that would go 80 yards down the field while Steve Largen caught all the balls. Or maybe a John Jett if you're a Raiders fan. And Tim Gra- Tim Brown got all the catches, but they're always double-teaming John Jett because he was going to go down, uh, you know, 80 yards and try to try to draw the double team. Right. I think it was James Jett. James Jett. James yeah. Jett. Yeah. Joan. Who's Joan Jett? Is this, is Joan she, Jett is a rocker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you Joan Jett could run 80 yards down the field. Don't um, count her out. She's a little old. <laughs> <laughs> how come, yeah. I guess, how come, how come all I heard this week was, oh, the Cowboys should have won. And then all I heard last week was, oh, the Patriots should have won. And the week before, oh, the Falcons should have won. How come I never hear from the media? Hey, the Seahawks won. They took care of business. It's Russell Wilson's fault. Is he too short? It's Russ. It's, it's yeah, it's, yeah. He's too short. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, he'll never exactly. succeed as an NFL it's, quarterback. He's too short. Right. 
No, it's it's as I I I said before, um, uh, Russell Wilson um, has he kind of jumped over a point in his career. He he had he had this point in his career where he just got there. He was a rookie. He um, had early success, but he was buoyed by a great running back defense. So no one wanted to give him a fair shake there. Um, and then there was this. Um, and then now, you know, the, the guy that he is now, uh, he's just he's been so good, so consistently for so long that we've only people just expect that from him. And I feel like we've we, we skipped over what should have been in the middle where we realize that this kid has become one of the best, if not the best player at quarterback in the National Football League. I feel like we just kind of skipped over that so we don't ever talk about it. So it's never part of the narrative. But now we just know, okay, Russell Wilson is going to be Russell Wilson. We, we won't even want, no one wants to even talk about it anymore. Russell's going to go out there. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to have a pretty high uh, completion percentage. Uh, he's going to make smart plays. He's going to be, you know, the, the, the you know, um, he's going to be the motor that drives the Seahawks. He's, he's going to, he's going to do that, but it's almost expected now. And so, so he's not, he, no one wants, it's not, not the hot, it's not the hot news ticket. You know, they want to talk about Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott, you know, is they're trying to figure out, is he worth the money and, and all this kind of stuff. They want to talk about Cam Newton being in New England and, you know, the new look Patriots and how that's going to work. And so there, there's the people just he, he's not he's not hot enough. So I feel like he just kind of skipped over and he's and he's kind of a dork. You know, he does everything right. He doesn't he doesn't do anything flashy. He doesn't do anything crazy. He just goes to work, makes his money, goes home, and takes care of his family. I mean, who wants to talk about that? Well, he also Drew Brees is that guy. He sucks. He he only throws for 205, you know, yards. I mean, I know he throws for four touchdowns, but he'll only throw for like 200 yards. Well, <laughs> Matt Ryan's thrown for 450. I mean, come on. I mean, obviously Matt Ryan's a superior quarterback, right? Because he's out there throwing 450 yards every game. He's doing work. Right. And Russell's taking it off and just chilling and only doing 200 yards. I mean, come on. You right. Know, you know, Matt, Russell um, Wilson. I, I, Pace right now, he's not. It's not going to happen. But Russell Wilson is at pace to throw seventy-four touchdown passes this year. Wow, <laughs> that would be wow. like that's shat, what's the record? Like fifty-four or something like that? Fifty-six? I think it was. It was Peyton Manning still has the record, right? It was fifty something. It might have been fifty spot. On, might have been fifty spot on. Oh, 50? Yeah, it was something like that. Somewhere but in he's there. On pace Somewhere in there. Throws well, Mahomes, didn't Mahomes break it? Or Mahomes came close. Came I think close Mahomes came, he came close. But yeah, I think it's in the 50s. So if he hit 70 something, holy crap! <laughs> yeah, that record would never be broken. No, it wouldn't. So, so speaking of quarterbacks who can fling the ball everywhere, the Seahawks next week are facing Ryan Fitzmagic. And right, by the way, last week Solak, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick defeated a certain former Wazoo quarterback, outplayed him, outdueled him, and won the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, is is he going to do to us what he did to the the Mississippi Mustache, uh, his, ba- his Jaguar brother? Jacksonville's a, their team sucks. Minshew did the best he could with what he dealt. Um, <laughs> I, I I see Fitzmagic having a decent game. I mean, if, if their game plan is you know to throw the ball before they run the ball next you know this Sunday, he's going to throw for 400 yards like you know like Matt Ryan and, all, and everybody else did, but. I, we're too good of a team to lose to these guys, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a close game, and I see the Seahawks coming out on top, 34 to 30 is my prediction. Matt Page, name one defensive player 
on the Dolphins. Isn't Indomica Sue there now? No cheating. No, he's gone. <laughs> I thought he was there still. Guys, um, we can't name one. All right, great. Yeah, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really can't. They're the Dolphins. They suck. <laughs> they have, the, not, they, they have a Shaq. Shaq, uh, Shaq, uh, Shaq Lawson or something Lost, like that, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I, I only like because you know there's so many only so many shacks in the league. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was watching I was watching the game against the Jaguars mostly to make fun of Brian and Soulman Solak because he is a Wazoo fan. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't actively rooting for the Dolphins, by the way. I was I was actively rooting for a chance to text you and tell you about how the Jaguars are losing. Um, so, <laughs> But no, Suicide. I didn't really see anything with this team. I, they they look like hot garbage. But this is the NFL. Is there a chance for a for a letdown against this team? No. I think I think it is. I think there is. Um, uh, wh- one thing I will say is, you know, there there isn't a whole lot of hype going on around the Seahawks right now, which I think is a good thing. Um, but historically speaking, and I always go back to historical data, even though it hasn't really panned out more recently we've been doing better on the road but going to the east coast and and specifically going to the state of florida uh for some reason bad things tend to happen um sure. you know like 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 the like the uh like the, the sprinklers you know turning on in the middle of a game you know that that, <laughs> oh. that was a game against miami that we should have won and we lost you know and i like yeah. the rain the rain came from the came from underneath them instead of from, instead of from above them and i said that's got to be a bad sign that's yeah, I think Cameron, sign, so. Cameron Hayward is still sacking, sacking Seahawks quarterbacks to this day. We weren't supposed to win that game. You're right. We were not supposed to win that game. Yeah, we were supposed to win that game. That was that was. Oh um, no, we were supposed to win the game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. We we were that. That was. That, I think that was Russell Wilson's rookie season, if I'm not mistaken. Um. And uh. And yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, it's I don't know if it's always going to be the case, you know, when we go to the East Coast, we've been doing better on the road and even going to the East Coast recently. So I'm I'm, I'm holding my hat, you know, holding out hope for that. But uh, is it a possible trap game? Yeah, I mean, possibly, you know, Fitzpatrick, he didn't he's a good quarterback, you know, and I know that Fitzpatrick is really, Fitzpatrick is really just kind of uh, keeping the seat warm for when um, Tua takes over. But he was super efficient last week. I think he only had like two incompletions. He only threw for 160 yards, but but he had two incompletions and two touchdowns. You know, so he was super efficient. Um, and our secondary is is porous. Um, and if we can't get get to the quarterback and put some pressure on him, uh, Fitzmagic can can do just that. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it's it does stand to be a game where I'm biting my nails and you know going into you know partial cardiac arrest over these Seahawks, which I do most <laughs> Sundays anyway. You know, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not completely unconcerned. <laughs> Matt, I am not concerned at all because I've seen this. I watched the team last week and I think I caught them. The week before too. There's just not enough talent there. Kyle Van Noy. That's the that's the one defender that I actually remember. I, I look at the roster now. I'm cheated, but uh, that that's the one that I actually remember who's got any real memorable talent. To be honest, on that Over defense. BYU Cougar. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. There's just there's just not much there. They they are a seriously they're in the middle of a rebuild. So obviously it's understood. But um. They uh. 
they're they're you know they're just they don't they don't scare me i'm sorry i just i can't i'm sure we'll find a way to make it close because that's what we do but uh yeah it's just it's you guys not, not an admitted the... game and oh yeah, by the way about... well sorry one more thing before you since you mentioned the uh the sprinklers was it last week or the week before miami had both the power go out and then afterwards then the thunderstorm finally rolled in and so they had to pause the game twice. I think that was two weeks oh, ago. Wow. It was two weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. So the power went out before the storm even got there. And then it took them like a half an hour, 45 minutes to get the power back on. And then the storm finally arrived with thunderstorms. So they had, to, they had to pause the game again for like an hour. It was ridiculous. Wow. Well, well, I, I get... see you guys. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, is they hope hopefully we get to you know actually watch the whole game. If they if they end up uh, delaying the game that long, they might have to they might have to uh, you know cut the coverage you know because they have all those <laughs> they have all those uh, agreements <laughs> agreements with the networks. If they can't, they might not even show the whole game if the power keeps cutting out. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so I see the three of you are just absolutely reticent to even Why? bring up the fact that former University of Washington running. I was waiting for that. <clears throat> yeah, I was waiting for waiting for the Husky on the from, on the call to, to mention that. <laughs> from Linwood, Washington. From Linwood, Washington. That's not something to brag about. <laughs> Miles Gaskin is the running back and leading that team in rushing yards. And I believe uh, last week he was leading them in receiving yards. Or receiving. Yeah, yeah. this is catches, this is a catches. running back from U Dub that my w- one of my other close friends who is a hardcore season ticket holder running uh, a, a wide U Dub uh, fan hated Miles Gaskin as a running back. Thought he was the worst running back that U Dub had ever had. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, Why do you love well, him, Abe? I didn't say I loved him. I just was disappointed in the three of you not bringing him up. You're upset though. I can tell. It's it's not like it's not like he's important to the offense or you know a threat to our defense. I do not I wouldn't agree say... with. I do not agree with your friend, but he does not have NFL size and speed. But no, I'm he glad does. he's getting an opportunity. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity. He has 152. He has 152 rushing yards on 38 attempts on the season, and it's mm-hmm. week four coming up. That's all he's got. 30. 40 to 40. That's four year four yards. No, he's got he yards? well something like that. Yeah. That's well, four yard average, yes. He yeah. only ran for three yards a carry versus versus um, uh Jacksonville. So uh he was twenty two for sixty six. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, so, <laughs> yeah, so he he was there to provide balance to the to the you know, as far as uh snaps go, but um <laughs> you know, I think that's why why they uh, why they were able to play they did because they they were super balanced as far as passes versus versus throws, but um, you know three yards a carry. Seattle on the league is just over the deep, Seattle defense is, is allowing just over three yards a carry on on the season. So um, you know I, I'm, is that I'm an illusion. Is that an illusion though? Because well, not a lot of people have tried running on the job. You're right. You're right. But that's that goes back to the point I made earlier about the fact that the offense has just been so on the gas. You know, like. They they haven't been able to. We've made these teams one dimensional, you know, and and so they they've had they haven't been able, when they they either did like Dallas just kind of didn't run at first, and then when uh, later on in the game they couldn't run, you know, so so yeah. But either way, however you get there, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, I feel like we'll get our we'll get our answer against the Vikings 
as far as whether we can stop the run or not. Yeah, that, that would be a, that'll be a top flight running back. Well, we we already held up Ezekiel to basically nothing. Yep. Yeah, that was yeah, pretty they impressive. Eight, they ran eight screen passes to Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, and Dak and was only accurate like on like three of those throws. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even try running him. I wonder if there's something wrong with him. All right, guys, we're getting towards the end of the show, so I'm going to do some like rapid fire questions at you guys. All right. Are the refs letting a lot more go than usual? Ooh. It seemed like it until tonight. I don't know if anybody was watching the Thursday night game. Uh, I saw some, yeah. Yeah, saw some calls tonight that were pretty ridiculous. But I would say uh, up until now, yeah, I, I feel like um, I feel like I haven't been angry at the refs, you know, throwing throwing the laundry on the field, you know, more often than I than I appreciate. I think yeah, they have kind of been letting them play some football. They've been better. They've been better about letting plays develop and finish rather than stopping them too early this year. I think, I think that they've been good in that regard. There's been more than a few of those plays where it's like the guy picks up and run and then they let, they let it finish. And then they go now, by the way, that wasn't a fumble, you know, right. but before, whereas it might've been a fumble and they, and they like stop it and he got a touchdown and they have to, they have to rule it back and, Oh, you don't get a touchdown, but you get the ball. Those are right. the most infuriating things ever. Let, let the play finish. And they're really, they're being good about that this year. Any impressions for you, Soul Man? Uh, they're letting them. They're like those guys said. They're letting them play more. I mean, you've noticed pr- it. Yes, yeah, so, I mean the proof is that POS Tristan Hill. He got away with the you know the dirtiest <laughs> shot of the year. So yes, they're letting them get away with a lot more. All right, uh, guys, name the one team. Give me one sentence about them that's impressed you the most this year. Soul Man. I would say Kansas City still. I mean, they're still, you know, the offense. That's the offense. That's my that's my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Rob English. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Green Bay Packers. Uh, oh, they have oh, quietly. They're, they're they're quietly cool and calm, as Aaron Rodgers would say. R E L A X. They are relaxed and undefeated, and doing it without much, you know, much hoopla, much, you know, no, no confetti, no, you know, no fireworks. They're just out there winning games and playing good football. And I think we're gonna be seeing them uh, probably uh, in January. So yeah, I, I'm liking the fact that the Green Bay is just doing their thing. Matt. So it's a team that's impressed me. Um, then, uh, my answer, since I was going to say the Green Bay Packers and I agree with everything he just said, and I also, uh, am constantly impressed with Andy Reid's offense at the Kansas city. I'm going to say I'm impressed with the Atlanta Falcons and their dedication to losing and how hard they're really working at it and, and trying every week to get a little worse every day with that amount of talent on that roster. Okay, no. Matt, you've already answered um, the next question, which is who is the team? Okay, well then let me answer it for real. It shouldn't be. Then let me answer it for real. <laughs> oh my god, this is the longest sentence. On Sorry. Earth. Then for real, then for real, I'm going to say the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are. I know they were for real last year, but I, I'm still constantly impressed with them. And and I really didn't think Ryan Tannehill had it in it, had him had it in him, but he has, you know, justified the the the, the contract. And uh, they look good. They look real good. Can I say I something real quick? Can, can I say something yeah. real quick about your America's team, Green Bay Packers? They Devontae Adams is still hurt, and they yep. lost they lost Lazard for you know possibly the rest of the season tonight. So just wanted to throw that out there. It won't That's matter. 
It won't matter. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. So my uh, my pick is the Patriots, and I said this before the season. If there's one team that can make Cam Newton worthwhile, it, it's <laughs> it's the Patriots. All the other teams would have failed with this guy, but the Patriots coaches are that good. Uh, biggest disappointment, Matt. We already know is yours. Yep. Um, English. Who's the biggest disappointment in football this year? Ah, the biggest disappointment. Um, you know, I'm gonna have to say, uh, the uh, excuse me, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and 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 this isn't to suggest that I'm upset that they don't look as good <laughs> as they're supposed to, but um, you know, and really, I mean, they're two and one, so they, they, so it's not like they're you know they haven't won yet, but they just haven't looked very impressive, and it's also very disappointing that you know they've lost you know they, all all of their you know all of their marquee players are on the are on the bench now, so. I don't understand um, you. Know. you. You're disappointed that a guy's got injured. Why don't you guys just stay healthy? <laughs> I'm saying it's it's a it's a disappointment in general. I'm not I'm not disappointed in and in, in the man. I'm disappointed in the situation. You know because I, what I don't want to hear at in in December when Seattle is has a three game lead on the division is that oh it's only because San Francisco got hurt and they blah 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 I don't want to hear that you know what I mean oh come so, on the 49er fans are the biggest whiners on earth like of course the they're, of course they're gonna find something <laughs> right right see I, I don't want to hear that so that for me that's disappointing they didn't look good you know the way they lost to and, I, and just just real quick I know uh, I don't, don't want to um, uh, monopolize the time but my 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 one is uh, Green Bay my one one A is Green Bay my one B would be the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, because the way they took out San Francisco, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, that was I was very much impressed by that. Um, but yeah, I say my disappointment right now is, is Frisco. So, man, your biggest disappointment in football? Uh, probably would say it's a tie between Minnesota and the Houston Texans. I mean, Houston, they got I think Deshaun Watson one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and they gave him a fat contract. I know they're stupid to trade their top wide receiver, but. I, I thought they'd be, they'd be at least two and one so far, and then Minnesota too. I'm shocked that they're zero and three. I, it feels like they have enough talent to be, you know, two and one or three and zero oh right now. So tie right there. Yeah, I'm gonna change mine uh, from the Cowboys to the to the Vikings. Too much talent there to suck that bad. We'll, yeah, it's, we'll take it's a, a look at them next week. It really All right, is. guys, we're getting getting towards the end of our show here. Uh, did uh, let's start with you, English. Do you have any shouts out to anybody this week? Sorry, anybody I didn't think like Do you have any shouts out to anybody or uh, anything or any team? Anything or any team? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and 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 shout out. Uh, I'm gonna shout out DK Metcalf. I want to see him, uh, you know, make amends for his for his uh, <laughs> his blunder his blunder on on Sunday. Uh, I I, I want to I expect to see big things from him this weekend. I think uh, DK might uh, turn in a uh, offensive player of the week performance on Sunday morning. All right, Matt. Um, I want to give a shout out to Brandon Woodruff of the Milwaukee Brewers, who just got ejected from the game for letting up a, for for screaming at uh, Mookie Betts after Mookie Betts hit a bases clearing tri- double, and uh, then Bill Hader, his buddy, came out to pitch and broke their catcher. So go Dodgers. I had to fe- I had to sneak that in because you guys always always count on me for doing that. So mm-hmm. I, I just did that. <laughs> we could check the box. Yeah, well, this baseball season didn't count, so any uh, shouts out for you, Solak? Uh Three quick ones to the XFL. They announced today that they'll be playing in 2022. 
Good call. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, the Seattle Storm, who are who we do cover for shellsportunion.com, they once again made the you know the finals. This starts tomorrow night against Las Vegas. And last but not least, Abel appreciate this. Next week, AEW is celebrating Chris Jericho's 30 years of wrestling. So shout out to Jericho. Oh, <laughs> 30 years. 30 what? years of doing that to your body? Wow. Uh, yep. That's <laughs> insane. Right, well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. And thank you, Rob English, for joining us this week. Absolutely. We'll get you some yes, more thanks, Rob. And, it's uh, my pleasure. Check, my out pleasure. All... <laughs> check out all our great articles on SeattleSportsUnion.com as well as like us on Facebook. Check out all our great teeth at Seattle Sports U and check out our podcast here here on iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. See you guys later. Later.